You've heard me talk about DraftKings. They're the leader in daily fantasy sports. You can get big paydays, huge cash prizes. It's really easy. It's simple. You just make your lineup on DraftKings before the game. You watch the game. It's more exciting if your team's not playing. You can feel the excitement if your player's getting close to being able to win you a bunch of money. I mean, it means even more. Just random games every night mean more when you've got a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. That's a huge amount of money. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code TBPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code TBPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. What's up, everybody? This is Miles Turner, the Indiana Pacers. You're listening to the Pace Rules Podcast. Be sure to follow at Pace Rules on Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pace Rules Podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias toward the Indiana Pacers. Coming to you in draft week, our last show before the 2021 NBA draft. The Pacers are currently picking in the draft lottery in pick number 13. However, as we know, there have been heavy, heavy rumors almost every other day that the Pacers are looking to trade up, trade down, trade completely out of the draft, which is illegal because we traded last year's pick. But anyway, people are still twinning it. Uh, it's all happening. Alex, I'll start with you. What's your favorite rumor going around right now that's definitely not going to happen because the Pacers never have a rumor that actually comes true? Um, that's a tough one, man. I don't, there's not, I don't, uh, look, there's probably not a rumor that I'm absolutely like in love with, but I would say the Warriors one intrigues me the most because out of all the teams that have been rumored, you know, Houston, uh, today, New Orleans came out and that was the rumor that they wanted miles. So for all the teams that have been mentioned, all the potential trades, I think the, the, the fact that Warriors have the seventh pick is the most enticing, but, but what about you? Um, just anything except Eric Gordon, I think is probably my answer. Uh, the, the thought of the Pacers trading down from 13 to 23 and getting yet another Indiana college guy that is injury prone, old, has a bad contract, good defender, decent three point shooter. But apart from that, can't stay on the court and, I just, I'm going to go super negative here. And if we trade down to get Eric Gordon, I will be sad. I will be really, really sad. I will feel immense pain in my heart. Please do not trade for Eric Gordon. KP might have a mob storming his house, mate. If he trades down for Eric Gordon. It it was funny. We were talking about it before the show. Usually, Pacers fans can be a little bit biased toward Indiana College players. And we've seen the exact opposite here. Uh, Pacers fans have universally crapped on this trade. Like they, no one has enjoyed this Eric Gordon trade. I haven't seen one person tweet out something positive i've seen people try and sort of not defend it but kind of justify it so people don't feel so bad about it um with some clips of like him playing d i think caitlin cooper posted a clip earlier today of eric gordon playing really really good d which is great but um it's great for 25 games for the next two seasons um unfortunately because you just can't stay on the park um justin is there a rumor that you either really really like or really really dislike 
Uh, I'm kind of the same with Alex as well. Like the Golden State one intrigues me because um, I actually think they'll trade out of that pick. They're in a win now mode with hopefully Clay Thompson coming back. Steph Curry's, you know, in his prime slash past his prime. So I don't think, you know, and they got Wiseman last year. I, I just think there's no way they hold on to that seventh pick. So they're probably calling around, um, seeing what, what the best offer is. And geez, from a, Personal perspective, because we all like Miles Turner on the show and we all want him to succeed, even if he's not an Indiana Pacer next year. I think Golden State's the perfect situation for him. It you would know, be you, fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, mate, him alongside Draymond Green, like best, best defensive you know, front court in the league, easily. Facts. And easily. that that's when he's got his role. You know, Pacers are expecting him to do this, do that. Oh, we still need you on offense. His role on the Golden State Warriors would be so clear and precise and you know it'd literally be defend block shots spread the floor that's all you do set screens for curry and clay so um yeah i I want him to be a pacer we're talking before the show look i think it might unfortunately be a time where he is traded in the next two three weeks but um yes selfishly if he does go anywhere i'd want it to be golden state yeah it's really sad because I feel like wherever Miles goes next, he's going to be super successful and we're going to be really sad about it because, but also happy for him. Like I think the three of us are all massive Miles Turner fans. We want to see the guy succeed. I think him going to a team with multiple all-stars, multiple championship caliber players like Golden State is only going to unlock that bit of confidence that he needs in himself because he doesn't really have that mentor. He doesn't have those older players around him that are really, I guess, trying to unlock his potential, trying to bring up his confidence level and and really reinforcing the things that he does well. As we saw this year, the Pacers didn't have a great team chemistry. They didn't really support each other. And Turner played the defense of his life all season, but really didn't get all that much in return from his teammates in terms of plaudits. And um, there was a little bit said in the media when he was not on the court, but really I, I, I think that him going to a championship contender, he would be so much more well-respected in that, by that team in that city and around the league overall, which is a bit sad because we've had, you know, six, seven seasons to respect this guy. And Alex, we just kind of haven't got there. Well, I think obviously part of that is, you know, no one from the national media is watching the paces. We know this. Um, and even, you know, the casual fans not going to be watching Indiana, especially not this past season. So, you know, I, I will say this as well. Like defense is the most underappreciated part of basketball. Like, you know, it, for all the people who've been watching the Olympics, if you guys have watched Matisse Thibel, like he, he, he wins games on the defensive end, right? Like, and we've talked about Ben Simmons, potentially coming to the paces like that's what he that's what those players can do right like they win games on the defensive end i think it's not really talked about a lot which is another thing but yeah as you said obviously you know if you go to a championship team like the warriors everyone talks about him like steph curry's in the media every second day right so uh, all of a sudden he would get more respect he definitely would and i think 
we can all agree that he's definitely the most likely to be traded out of the starting five, um, particularly packaged with 13 to move up, um, potentially into the top 10. There's talk of, you know, the obviously the, the Golden State Warriors are, are very keen on upgrading their team and using that seventh pick to their advantage. I'd be keen to see what contract would come back the other way because Golden State are way, way, way over the cap. I think they're playing their top, paying their top four players about $110, $120 million as it is. So they can't just absorb Miles Turner's contract. I uh, don't think they have a trade exception or anything like that either. So it would be very interesting to see what can be done there. I think um, the other side is the teams that aren't being mentioned. You mentioned, you know, the Pelicans have been mentioned as a Turner, Suter, um, Golden State, of course. But a team that I'm really interested in is the Hornets. They have been linked to Miles Turner for quite some time. They have, I think, the 10th pick in the draft. So could it be... Uh, Turner and 13 for PJ Washington and 10 to jump up a couple of spots and get for them to get the player that they want. I wouldn't be against something like that to jump up a few more spots. If there was a guy that you really wanted, I think the only thing that I'm completely out on is trading out of the draft whatsoever or trading significantly down in the first round. Justin, it feels like we, we haven't had a rookie that's really, you know, made us excited for quite some time and the prospect of having a guy to come onto the team uh, in that lottery range is really exciting. Our last lottery pick was Miles Turner. The lottery pick before that was Paul George. So, I mean, this team doesn't have a history of picking high uh, and it doesn't have a history of wanting to pick high. So um, the prospect of trading down or trading out completely scares me. How realistic do you think it is? Yeah, you used a lot of the words I was I was going to use there with, you know, being excited about a prospect. And we spoke about it previously where um, – that's my personal goal for this offseason, whether, you know, who we get, what happens. I just want to be excited to watch Pacers basketball. We haven't all been excited about watching him since probably the the Cavs series where we took LeBron to seven games. Um, and it was goaltending. You know, you mentioned, yeah, the goaltending series. Um, you mentioned PJ Washington and the picks for Turner. I don't like that deal. Um I feel as Miles Turner frustrates me. I'll, I'll say that. Like he, he should be better than he is. And I think a lot of that's because the way we've used him in the past and the coaching and stuff like that. But I feel like we can get a higher return than PJ Washington. Um, and a little move up the draft. I also don't like PJ Washington because he was slandering paces <laughs> on Twitter after we lost to uh, Washington in the play. Yeah, so like that yeah, that's still fresh in my mind. So, um, yeah, my goal for the offseason, whether it's a – we've talked about maybe getting a star, like, you know, someone – not him because I don't want him, but like a Chris Paul or a Westbrook or Kawhi, you know, or uh, a good prospect to top five pick or, hell, Lance Stevenson, like someone <laughs> yes. someone just to excite the fan base again. We we need that. That's my goal. If we, if we go into opening night and it's really the same roster and we've just given up Jeremy Lamb and got some other bench player from someone else – I'm going to be pretty disappointed. To me, I will say this though real quick, is that to me, PJ, like that trade is such a lateral move, right? The paces are known for making those just like you, you're basically the same team, right? Like Oladipo for Levert. I, I would say Levert's better right now, but that's a very lateral move, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I would 
I think for all three of us, we want to see the paces go all in, right? Like just try to make a move that even if it doesn't pan out, you're like we, we, we can sleep at night knowing that KP, Chad, and the front office tried, which I think they are, right? They gave Rick Carlisle all this money. So why would they just want to be a first-round team? I think that that's an indication and why they're so active in the trade market right now. They want to swing for the fences, and Carlisle's, I think, got a four-year deal. Um, and... So that to me says that they're not going to want to have a significant portion of their franchise be devoted to the development of a young star because they're going to want to win now, which that's probably what scares me. I mean, if we can have the best of both worlds and continue to have four or five starters um, that play at a high level, plus have a top 13 pick, that comes in there makes a lot lower money, but can develop into a star over the next couple of years. I mean, that's, that's how teams win championships. They, they draft young players that they can underpay for a four year period that end up being key pieces of their championship run in their second, third, fourth season. That, that's effectively the model since the beginning of time, unless you've got one of the best two or three players in the league, Justin, you, you need a couple of, really friendly contracts on your roster and the Pacers have been good at paying their starters friendly contracts like TJ Warren 12 million Sabonis 18 million Levert about 16 million you know we've been really really good at friendly contracts but now we need also a guy off the bench that's making really low money and producing at a high level well, yeah, you're right. And it's a copycat league, right? And let's just look at the two best teams this season. You've got Denver, you know, uh, sorry, not Denver, Phoenix, the draft Devin Booker, draft DeAndre Ayton. Then they bring in that veteran superstar of Chris Paul. Milwaukee, draft Chris Middleton, draft Giannis, bring in that lockdown defender of Drew Holiday in free agency. That's the way you do it. Um, and, you know, it worked very well for both those teams where – yeah, Pacers obviously struggle bringing in big free agents, but I think you two are right. I, this Rick Carlisle move fills me with confidence that they are going to swing for the fences and they might make a move for a, you know, a star where it's not you know, this slow build, slow build, slow build for years. I think, yeah, like you mentioned, four-year deal for Carlisle. Well, they should be having a three-year plan. By the third year, we want to be in the Eastern Conference Finals and by the fourth year, we wouldn't be playing in the NBA finals. Uh, Justin, this is a hard topic for you because I know you're, you've got strong feelings on this guy. So if the Pacers traded for Ben Simmons, <laughs> would you be happy that they at least are trying something? Yeah. Yeah, I would. And and what does that tell you to? You two know how I feel about him and yeah. what I kind of think of him as a basketball player. You've been pretty scathing the last couple of episodes, at, at, you know, his shortcomings and completely justifiably so. He's, you know, capitulated in the last couple of years. So, but it, still, it would be a swing for the fences, right? It would be the yeah. move that you're asking them to try. I'd respect it. Like, even if I, yeah, I don't rate him, don't think he's good, but if Pacers tomorrow woke up, they trade for Ben Simmons, you know, 50% of me goes, I respect him because they're going to try and change this guy into a star um, and try and make it work with Indiana. So, you know, there's a lot of questions that come with that. Do I think Simmons would want to play in Indiana? No, but I I would respect KP's move doing that because – you know, on paper, he's an all-star, so they've swung for the fences trying to get an all-star, yes. 
I really think, I mean, if you look at the the teams that Carlisle's coached in the past, he's had coachable, mature guys on his team. So Dirk, you know, one of the best teammates ever, incredibly mature player, knew his strengths, knew his weaknesses, was coachable, obviously worked with his shooting coach constantly and worked on his game constantly. You even look at Rick's great Indiana team, like Jermaine O'Neal was clearly extremely coachable, extremely talented, willing to do what he needed to do to get the team across the line. The only question I have is that clearly Rick and Luca kind of didn't struggle, but Luca was from the new age of players that kind of want everything that they want in the way that they want it. Ben Simmons is very, very similar to that. He wants things the way that he wants things. He wants to play the way that he elects to play, not the way that the team necessarily wants him to play. Um, the difference is that Luca averages nearly a triple-double, so he can kind of do whatever the hell he wants. He almost broke at the Olympic record today. Um, ben Simmons doesn't have anything like that on his resume. So Ben Simmons thinks he's Luka Doncic, and that might be the problem with trading, with, trading for Ben Simmons, Alex. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it is a little bit of an ego thing with Ben. I mean, I remember, Justin, you brought up that interview, right, after the Hawks game where he was talking about his assist numbers and yeah. his defense on trade. Who cares, mate? Up Who cares? Yeah, like, <laughs> you guys just lost game seven, so I don't know why you're talking about your assist numbers. But, um, look, I think Ben definitely needs to to get away from the spotlight. So, you know, I talked about Timberwolves on the last episode. Paces are in the same boat, right? So, you know, a, a team where people can go to improve. How many most improved players have we had, right? Like we've had maybe the most in the league. So, you know, if you can come here and develop your game and, and have some confidence shot into you, yeah, I, I think it could work out. Something just occurred to me. You, you mentioned Ben's comments after game seven, you know, talking about his assist numbers. That You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of Paul George saying that Dame's shot was a bad shot. <laughs> like it, it, it's you lost – and instead of focusing on what you could have done differently or better, you're focusing on what either you did well or what yeah. the other team did poorly. And or even the CJ Miles. Remember, remember the CJ Miles shot in game yeah. one? Yeah. Even that. So yeah. yeah well, just, uh, Paul George has come out and said he regretted saying that about Lillard because it's clearly not a bad shot. Um, yeah. <laughs> with, Paul with George has grown range. up. Paul George yeah. has grown up this season. You know, we, we've seen, particularly over the last two years, I mean, I know that we've been critical of Paul George. Pacers fans will be critical of Paul George for many, many years now. Um, I love what he did for the franchise while he was here, and he was my favorite player while he was here. But he he has clearly grown up. He's clearly matured. There is a maturation process that you go through in your late 20s and early 30s where you realize what's important and what's not that happens for just about every single human being on the planet. Paul George is going through that right now. Ben Simmons is 24, I think. So he's still yet to go through that. If at all, he may never go through it. Some players never, ever, ever get it. They never click. But I, I just wonder that if Carlisle struggled with a guy like Luca, getting him to buy in or getting him to do what he wanted him to do, how is he going to go with a guy like Ben who thinks he's Luca, but doesn't have those skills? Hey, at least we know with Ben, he's not going to be taking, you know, 20 seconds to dribble and then take a step back three. So, True. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's going to be playing he defense. He's going to be yeah. trying. And, you know, maybe that's the way to endear, like he's going to endear himself to the Indiana fans from day one because he's going to play really good D. He's going to play really, really hard. He's going to play in transition. The issue is going to be once again in the half court where he's going to need a lot of shooters around him. And that's why if you trade for Ben Simmons, I just don't see how Miles Turner can be a part of that deal because Miles Turner and Ben Simmons fit together better than 
just about any other two players that I can think of would fit together on the team. Ben Simmons Even is a Brogdon. great on-ball defender. Miles Turner can bail him out at any point with a block shot. Miles can stretch the floor and give Ben more space to operate. You need those two players playing on the same floor together. You can't trade one for the other because then you you basically negate everything you're trying to do. Justin, am I wrong? Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, we're talking about Simmons quite a bit. I, I don't think he will be a pacer uh, anytime soon. I think he's got like a trade kicker and he has to like approve the trade or something. So um, I know what you're saying, Alex, where he probably does need to go into a, a team market. like Indiana where it's just yeah. focused on basketball and probably less media and all the other stuff he does. But um, yeah, I, I just don't see him being a pacer. So um, yeah, there'd be plenty see of being other a pacer? Who who is the swing for the fences candidate? Like there are there's several players that we've heard over the last week that could be available. Two two names I'll throw out there. Brad Beal is obviously one. I don't think we necessarily have the assets to get a Bradley Beal. We may, but I don't think he wants to come to Indiana. A guy that I've been lobbying for, I think, for the last 12 months has been Pascal Siakam. Um, but once again, I'm not sure whether we have the assets to be able to get that done aside from giving up. Domas and someone else like who who is the guy that you would trade for that's a realistic target I mean the hard words there's realistic isn't it um (laughs) geez that's tough yeah Uh, I think Siakam's Siakam's realistic like I I think I think he absolutely is I mean, Siakam's realistic because he isn't a superstar yet and he had a really bad year last year. So there is a chance we could get him. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, you know, could we get someone on Kawhi's level? Probably not. Um, I don't think we can get a top 10 player in the league, but um, yeah, I I don't, it's such a tough question because I just know realistically that none of these stars are going to want to come to Indiana. We, we, we mentioned what uh, I think, the best free agent signing in Pacers team history is David West. Like, yeah. and I, I remember at that time it was up, it was between him and Nene, and I was really concerned about David West's knee issues, and I was like, "No, nah, get Nene, get Nene," and you know, I ended up being wrong. David West was terrific, but when you look at the history of this ball club, <laughs> your best free agent signing is David West. No, I love him, so I'm not hating on him, but it, that's just god awful. Yeah, I mean, what's the equivalent of that right now? Like signing a David West is like signing a John Collins or... Yeah, you know, yeah, probably. Like, probably about that. You know, a starting four in the league who's good. So um, it, it's not great. It's not a good track history. So, um, you know, if you've been a Pacer fan for quite some time and you're saying, who could we get right now? You're, you're really scratching your head saying, well, realistically, yeah, who can you say really? Yeah. Um, it, it, it's just really tough, but you know, you never know. Yeah, KP could swing a trade and we're all shocked. And I think that's, I mean, that's ultimately what's going to happen. And that's the, that's been the MO of, of KP throughout this whole thing. Like the, the uh, Oladipo Sabonis deal, no one knew that was happening until it happened. The Levert deal, no one knew that was happening until it happened. The Brogdon free agent signing and sign and trade that, you know, no one thought that was happening. We thought we were getting Rubio right up until about five minutes before that happened. And the Rick Carlos signing, you know, there's right. four examples of transactions that have happened with this team that no one saw coming. And even Nate Bjorkren, no one saw Nate Bjorkren being the coach that wasn't discussed. So everything that's out there to say the paces are into this, the paces are into that makes me think that 
whatever happens over the next couple of days, it won't be something that's currently reported. Yeah, and, and we know that. I, I will say that I really miss seeing Alex's timeline over that Ricky Rubio period. <laughs> <laughs> PTSD, Alex? Man, I think I was the biggest Ricky Rubio hater in the world for about Mate, a, a good six-month span. <laughs> I'm actually calling it. If we got him on the paces, we would not be doing this podcast right now. Because I don't think we you would, would have be. changed we, teams. We were so negative those first few weeks on Ricky Rubio. It was, uh, it was crazy. But um, I, just quickly to change topic a bit, I think I know we've got some more Pacers stuff to talk about and maybe some Josh Giddy stuff, but I reckon we've all got to give a shout out to the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Um, we haven't actually mentioned the NBA finals yet. You know, a, a fellow Central Division team who um, has got one of the most humble superstars in the league. Um, they've built the team the right way. I, I think it uh, would be doing a dis- discredit if we didn't mention them on the podcast. Uh, congratulations to the Bucks. It was a massive win. I'm really, really happy for the whole franchise. It's well-deserved. Um, I wish they'd won it two years ago so that I could have won a lot of money when I bet on them at the start of the season. Uh, but they won it this year. And yeah, very, very happy for for a small market team, Alex, it's it's always a really positive thing to see a small market team win. Well, 100%. I mean, you know, I tweeted about it. Like, Giannis is a superstar that stayed loyal to his small market franchise. He could have left. I mean, ESPN was trying to run him out of Milwaukee for about 12 months. The dude signed an extension and he gets a ring. So that's awesome. I hope more stars stay in their, uh, in their cities. Yeah, absolutely. All right, quick fire items before we close the show. Josh Giddy, uh, where's he going? What picks he going? Top, top ten, 10 top Alex. 10. Do you think he's going top ten? Honestly, I think he's going number one, boys. <laughs> 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 I'm on the I'm on the top of the Josh Giddy train, but no, in all, in all seriousness, I mean, he he to me, he's a lottery lock. Yep. I think that he maybe, oh, it it's tough, man. Like. To me, I think the Pacers could easily look at him like if they think McConnell's going to leave, like he's that playmaker off the bench. So maybe, uh, maybe the Pacers take him at thirteen. I think the Spurs they love their international players. So there's a lot of teams that would I think would love Josh Giddy coming off the uh, off the bench or starting. I was about to say the Spurs at twelve are looming for me. I think you know yeah. Patty's obviously been really successful for them. Um, I think. It's it's a very very realistic move that Pop could have looked at Giddy in uh, play in Vegas and scouted him and gone that's that's very a guy true. that I want on my team moving forward. Justin, what do you think? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, the Spurs ring a bell for me as well. They love their international players as well. But Alex, you mentioned something really good then, which I haven't really thought about. Is that TJ McConnell? Because um, I haven't really seen where, where does Giddy fit in. You got Brogdon, you got McConnell. Well, what? You know, you're getting a 13th pick as a third string, which he would be. Um, so, yeah, if oh, you yeah, know, there's so many suitors for TJ McConnell out there, apparently. So, maybe you're right. Look, if we lose him, which I really, really don't want, then Giddy becomes a really good replacement. Um, I love him on the paces for the Australian aspect. And, you know, he's played for my hometown, the Adelaide 36ers. I've been able to watch about four or five games of him in person. So, that's pretty cool for me. Um, but, yeah, I, I just don't know if he's got that star aspect. I personally think he'll go between 12 and 14. It's really hard. Some mock drafts have him going eight. Some have him going 18. So um, it is quite difficult. But, um, yeah, I'd say either the Spurs, but there's there's a lot of rumors lately that Golden State, apparently Luke Longley's been messaging Steve Kerr every day saying you have to draft this kid. Yeah, I I would um, – my, my, my weird, like – uh, 
road for the Pacers in this whole thing is trade for the seven, keep the 13 and draft Moody and Giddy. And, and, you know, have two young guards that have completely different skills and can potentially complement each other really well. Giddy with his playmaking, Moody with his shooting and his def- and his on-ball defense. Um, I think that it's – I'd just like to see a good couple of young players on the paces. I think it gives us cap flexibility. I think it gives us the opportunity to see a couple of guys develop under Carlisle. Um, I think it, it brings a bit of excitement to the team. Um, but, uh, and, and with the, well, not, but with the new development coaches that we have with the assistant coaches we have, we've assembled and we haven't talked about it yet, but we've assembled a, a murderous row of really good coaches from around the league. You know, Lloyd Pierce, really good coach. Ronald Norred is, comes with, I think a lot of plaudits from around the league, a couple of Dallas, uh, assistants that, uh, that came on board, on Carlisle staff, um, I listened to uh, one of the coaches on an Australian coaching podcast, funnily enough, just the other day. Um, and I, I was really impressed. I think um, it was one of those things. It was called the Great Coaches Podcast, not to give uh, another podcast too much of a shout out, but De- Jenny Buchek was on the uh, the Great Coaches Podcast, which is an Australian podcast series. Uh, so if you want to know what she's about, then I'd recommend checking that out as well. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see a couple of young players. I can't see it happening. I think it's a pipe dream. We want to contend, you know, next year. But um, but that's what I want to see happen. Uh, any other major predictions? Uh, the boom is going to win gold, Justin. Uh, USA, are they gone? Well, USA look terrible for our listeners in America. Um, I actually think it's uh, too many individuals. Like they're probably better just having Kevin Durant and a bunch of G League players. I honestly mean that because you got too many scorers. Um, yep. Draymond Green's good for the team, but yeah, apart from that, it's just too many players just sitting around watching. So the Aussies, um, look, I love to say gold. I just they have to get a medal this year. They have to get a medal. Yep. Um, whether it's Gold, silver, bronze, you just have to. This is the year to do it. Um, but, yeah, geez, I'm a bit more worried watching Luca today. That that guy is just uh, out of this world. He could have dropped 60 if he played that whole game. Not even worried about Luca. Do you know why, Alex? Because we've got Matisse Thibel. Man, yes, sir. The clam got himself. Socks. Does not wear shoes, Matisse Thibel. <laughs> Never, ever wears shoes. Just wants to wear socks off the court. Wears socks in the hotel lobby. Wears socks crossing the street. He's a weird cat, but I really like it. I uh, I also recommend another recommendation, Matisse Thibel's vlog series. Very, very cool. Yeah. Great insight into the, Auss- the Aussie team and the way that they uh, – interact with each other and the laughter that they have and the the vibes that are in that squad. You can see why they're playing well because they like each other and they like playing together. Um, watch the, uh, the episode for Aaron Baines dropping an F-bomb. Um, but I think it was, uh, yeah, this, this Boomers team has everything that I want the Pacers to have. It has camaraderie. It has a brotherhood. It has a common purpose. It has self selflessness. Um, it plays extremely hard defensively. It's got shot making. Uh, I, Leadership, I, just, mate. I, I can't gush any more about how much I love this Boomers team and how much I want it to succeed. I mean, Justin, if, if the Pacers played with this sort of intensity and this sort of brotherhood, it, we'd win a championship. Would we not? 
Oh, well, it's hard. I was mentioning that to my brother. We've been watching a lot of the games together and even the NBA conference finals and the finals and then you go into the Olympics, you're man, people are playing hard every possession. Yep. Uh, as a Pacer fan, when we've been watching these games against Washington and Charlotte and gee, it's a different sport. It, yeah. It's a different sport. Um, you know, people are diving on loose balls, running back on defense, and we're just used to giving up wide open dunks. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, fingers crossed Rick Carlisle changes the whole culture of the team again. But, um, yeah, it is nine days, isn't it? But I love watching these Olympics. I'm excited for every game. And, uh, yeah, really into the Aussies, like you said, Adam. Absolutely. Well, go Boomers. We'll talk to you guys after the draft. If something major happens, we'll drop an episode in the interim. But we have been the Paceroos. Talk again soon. 